Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Matthew chapter 3, verse number 1. The Lord gave me this message several years ago. The way 2020 has been, I found myself resurrecting this message. I may have preached it here before, but you know what? I'm done with all that trivial stuff. If God tells me to preach it, I don't care who's heard it. I'm going to preach it. Amen. Matthew 3, verse 1. In those days came John the Baptist preaching. Preaching in the wilderness of Judea. And saying, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. And the same John, the same man that was preaching, had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins. His meat was locusts and wild honey. Now get the picture. He's walking out of a wilderness. He's wearing camel's hair. He's wearing a leathern girdle. And one hand is locust and the other hand is wild honey. And he's preaching. He's saying words that has been silent for 400 years. So he comes from the wrong place, wearing the wrong clothes, eating the wrong food. But he's preaching. And so verse 5 says, Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan, and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. He didn't just have a city-shaking revival. He had a three-city-shaking revival. Jerusalem, Judea, and all the region around Jordan. I want to preach tonight, not as a question, but a statement. I want to preach on what moves men what moves 
Man, would you lift your hands and ask the Holy Ghost to do what only the Holy Ghost can do tonight? Thank you, Jesus. be done tonight, God. And you may be seated. This is my water. Well, when you preach in the sun, you need that much. <laughs> Life of man is one filled with Glorious moments and inglorious times. One may feel the joy of life while another in the same instance must experience the loneliness of death. Between the sacrifice of Noah and the blessing of his sons, God and that Sweet smelling savor said, While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. And that promise also gives to us the blueprint of man's life. Moments that will define us. Experiences that will mold and shape us even in the process of breaking. Encounters that will cause destinies to be born in us. Little did Jephthah know that when he was thrown out, into the chill of the night and was told by his own brothers that thou shalt not inherit in our father's house, that they single-handedly propelled this son of a harlot into his destiny as he became the ninth judge that would lead a nation of Israel. There are moments that shake men that calls us to react in ways of passion and emotion. It is not a secret that this nation in the past several years has been shaken. We were shaken as we awoke to a beautiful spring day only to find out that hours earlier in the freezing waters of the North Atlantic, 1,517 people went out into eternity as that so-called unsinkable ship Titanic was buried at sea. We were shaken to disbelief and confusion to hear that a 46,000 ton ship brushed an iceberg 
for a mere 10 seconds. In fact, it was barely enough of a touch to even spill a glass of water. And yet, only 700 survived. Yeah, we were shaken for a moment. We were shaken as the cry over the radio shouted, Oh, the humanity! A cry heard around the world on our nation's first coast-to-coast radio broadcast. It was all the host could say when he watched that great Hindenburg explode into flame, killing 36 in less than 60 seconds. Yes, we were shaken for a moment. We were shaken on December the 7th, 1941. A date which will live in infamy as the Japanese launched a surprise attack at Pearl Harbor, killing 2,000, wounding 710 in just the Navy alone. Two hours of horrific battle with the young of mothers and fathers still to this day buried beneath the floor of the Pacific. Yes, we were shaken for a moment. At 12.35 in the afternoon on November the 22nd, 1963, this nation was indeed shaken. As that 12-car motorcade was nearing the end of its 10-mile tour of Dallas, Texas, and as it passed the textbook warehouse, shots rang out, crowds scattered, people fell to the ground or ran for cover. Others screamed and wept over the assassination of our president, John F. Kennedy. Yes, we were shaken for a moment. We were shaken on Black Tuesday. We were shaken at the sands of Iwo Jima. We were shaken as we watched the Challenger explode in midair. We were shaken at the Oklahoma City bombing. We were shaken at the Columbine shooting. We were shaken at the Colorado Theater Massacre. We were shaken at the Sandy Hill shooting. We were shaken at the Boston Marathon Massacre. We were shaken as what is now simply known as... 9 11. Yes, yes, yeah, we were shaken yes, for a moment. But truth be told, at the end of the day, life moves on as always. People wake up, they go about their day, they adjust to whatever life gives them. They go on with their business and with each sunrise and each sunset, they remove themselves from the tragedies of life because the reality is tragedy, war, chaos, pandemics may shake us, but this does not move men. If this virus goes away, just give it a couple of years. No one will talk about it. Our text tonight gives us the story 
of the first message preached after 400 years of silence. Get the picture in your mind. Not one word has been spoken worth writing down. Not one message preached worth remembering. Not one voice heard worth documenting. It's been quiet. It's been silent for 400 years. And after 400 years of stillness, this stranger named John the Baptist comes out of a wilderness. He doesn't come out of a palace. He doesn't come out of a cathedral. He doesn't come out of a five-star hotel. He comes out of a wilderness. And he's wearing camel's hair. He's not wearing the latest fashion. He's not wearing a Briani suit. He's wearing camel's hair. He's wearing a leathern girdle. Not Versace. He's not eating the, the nicest food. He's, he's eating locusts. He's eating wild honey. He's wearing their own clothes. I, I mean, I, I seriously doubt that the next conference we have, if we ever have one again, I seriously doubt the preacher is going to be wearing camel's hair. It's not a far-fetched notion to say at our next camp meeting, you're not going to find the camp evangelist wearing a leathern girdle. He's not going to be eating locusts and wild honey. And he's not going to be coming from a wilderness. Get the picture. He's coming from a wilderness. Coming from the wrong place. Wearing the wrong clothes. Eating the wrong food. And yet the Bible said all of Jerusalem went to him. All of Judea went to him. All the region around Jordan went to him. And they did more than just watch him. Every one of them was baptized of him. He did not have the right clothes. But he had revival. He did not have the right food. But he had revival. He didn't come from the right place, but he had revival. He did not have a church building, but he had revival. He had no pulpit, but he had revival. He had no platform, but he had revival. He had no music, but he had revival. He had no choir, but he had revival. He had no microphone, but he had revival. He had no PA system, but he had revival. He had no Sunday school teachers, but he had revival. He had no Sunday school superintendent, but he had revival. He had no music director, but he had revival. He had no drums, but he had revival. He had no piano, but he had revival. He had no organ, but he had revival. He had no electric guitar, no acoustic guitar, no bass guitar, but he had revival. He 
had no deacons, but he had revival. He had no trustees, but he had revival. He had no ushers, but he had revival. He did not have a lot of money, but he had revival. Come on, he had no popularity, but he had revival. He had no strobe lights. He had no smoke machines. He had no praise and worship leader, but he had revival. He had no assistant pastor, no associate pastor, no youth pastor, no co-pastor, no outreach pastor, no wannabe pastor, but he had revival. Well, let me bring it down home. He did not have everything that we think we need to have revival. But in spite of what he lacked, he won a whole city of Jerusalem. He won all of Jordan. He won all of Judea. Baby, I think we should take a lesson from this man. No, he did not have everything that man says you need and man says you have to have and and man says you can't live without. He didn't have any of that, but he had a Holy Ghost revival because in spite of wearing the wrong clothes, in spite of eating the wrong food, in spite of coming from the wrong location, the Bible says he was preaching because nothing moves men like the preaching of the word of God. There's some things we can do without. We can't do without preaching. There's some things we can have revival without. We can have revival without preaching. We need the word. We gotta get the word. We gotta fall in love with the word. church is not built on how much money we have. Come on, the church is not built on who we know and what our name is. Come on, the church is built on the word of God. Jesus still chose the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. I say if Jesus chose it, then we need more of it. It pleased God. Come on, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness but unto us which are saved it is the power of God if the word brings the power then we need the word if preaching brings the power then we need the word come on if preaching this book brings power they might not remember what you sing and they might not remember what you say but if we can get the place full of Holy Ghost power they won't forget the feeling they won't forget the atmosphere They won't forget the presence of God. And it's only preaching that brings that. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But my words, God said, shall not pass away. Till heaven and earth pass, not one jot, not one tittle, shall a no wasp pass from the law. Are you hearing me yet? The grass may wither and the flower may fade, but the word of God will stand forever. They may burn it, they may trash it, they may deny it, but they can't change it, they can't stop it it and they can't defeat it. It's the word that heals. It's the word that convicts. It's the word that saves. It's the word that delivers. It's the word that brings life. It's the word that brings help. It's the word that changes and moves men. Yes, sir. 
don't care if you do it online. I don't care if you do it in the parking lot. I don't care if you do it in a church building. Just preach the word for goodness sake. I, I understand how sometimes God moves and, and every now and then we, we choose not to preach. I, I understand that has its place, but I'm going to tell you, it concerns me with some of these people that you can almost guarantee every Sunday night they ain't going to have preaching. And then they want to say things like, man, we had a blowout service. So the one thing that saves me and you didn't need, you didn't do and you call that a blowout? Oh God. If, if we claim to be a book of Acts people, let's get our nose back in the book of Acts and see how they had church. The Holy Ghost fell in Acts chapter 2 before Peter ever spoke a word. Before Peter preached, the Holy Ghost fell on 120. And while Peter were preaching, they were pricked in their heart. The Holy Ghost convicted. And after the preaching, 3,000 souls were added. So to have an apostolic church service, the Holy Ghost should be moving before preaching, during preaching, and after preaching. But dear God, have preaching. Yes, And it's not just the fact he was preaching. It's the contents of what he was preaching. And that's what we need to have a resurrection of. He wasn't preaching do what you want. He wasn't preaching blessing and prosperity. He was preaching repent. He said the one that's coming after me is mightier than I. Whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. That man will baptize you with water, with fire. The man was preaching repentance. He was preaching baptism. And he was preaching Holy Ghost. He was preaching doctrine. And the older I get, I know I, I know. sometimes I feel like an island by myself as a 39-year-old. That's okay. I'll, I'll set up my trailer in that island. The older I get, the more I want to preach the word of doctrine, the name of Jesus Christ, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, because that is what moves men. How do they know they need the Holy Ghost if we don't preach it to them? How do they know they need baptized if we make them feel comfortable? in their sin. How do they know they need to repent if we make them feel happy with the money they got? Dear God, I say let's get back to Holy Ghost, old-fashioned, anointed, fire-sent preaching. It's always worked. It always will work. It's still what moves men. Oh, God. He was preaching doctrine. We are admonished.
to speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. That word sound means solid. That's what this generation needs. That's what this nation needs. We need something solid. We have enough changing week by week. Come on, we have enough people saying do this. No, do that. No, let's try this. We need something solid. We need something genuine. We need something firm. I feel like Job. I esteem the words of your mouth more than my necessary food. There's some things I can live without, but God, give me the word. Let me eat the word. Let me digest the word. Let me chew on the word because the word moves me. Before there were stars, before there was a moon, before there was a sun, before there was a Milky Way, before there was Mount Everest and Grand Canyons, before there was flowers and trees and lakes and hills and oceans and rivers, and before there was man, before there was woman, in the beginning was the Word. And the word was with God. Here it is. And the word was God. So if you want God, you need the word. If you want God, you need the word. Because the word was God. Jesus answered verily verily I say unto thee except a man be born of water and of the spirit he cannot enter did you get it he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven that's doctrine that's the word that's what we need that's what we need to declare that's what we need to preach and when we preach it we need those of you that believe it to start clapping and start hollering and start rejoicing because the one beside you may not believe it and it can be your response that rubs off on them he was preaching no God he was preaching repent get your act together clean yourself up turn he was preaching, then the day's coming, the man's gonna show up. He's gonna baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Oh, God. We need some Holy Ghost preaching. Oh, it's what moves men. And we need some fire reminding preaching that when you get the Holy Ghost, it doesn't come dead and dry and dull, it comes with fire. It comes with anointing. It comes with power. It comes with authority. Dear God, if you got the Holy Ghost, you've got no business being full of fear. If you got the Holy Ghost, you've got no business being afraid. If you got the Holy Ghost, you got no business being defeated. If you got the Holy Ghost, stop acting like you're a victim. Get on your feet and act like you're a victor because the Holy Ghost is supposed to come with fire. And if you got the real Holy Ghost, baby, you're going to be moving every now and then. You, you're going to be worshiping and rejoicing. You're going to be doing more than just sit there and being entertained. You're going to get to moving because fire burns and makes you move. Yeah. 
he was preaching doctrine like this. I and my father are one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Come on, this stuff too old for you. One God and Father of all who's above all and through all and in all. Here's doctrine. Here's what still gets me excited. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If that's gold for you, you need some fire. If that's old hat for you, you need the Holy Ghost. If that don't excite you, you've lost what moves men. He was preaching the name. Jesus is coming. Not Father, Son, Holy Ghost, but Jesus is coming. And when Jesus shows up, he's going to baptize you. Oh, God. I think we need to resurrect singing and preaching about the name of Jesus. In Acts chapter 5, Pastor, get ready to read. The apostles are, or at least two of them, Peter and John are arrested. Now get the parallel. They are arrested for having church. Because in Acts chapter 3, they were going to a prayer meeting. And before they walk in, the house of God, they pass a man who has been lame from his mother's womb who is sitting daily at the gate called beautiful asking alms of all of those that would pass by. And on this day, he so happened to be at the right place at the right time to ask the right individual named Peter. You know the story, silver and gold have I none. Such as I have give I the thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately, that's what the name does, immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. He stood and he entered with them in the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. That's where we usually stop the story, but you need to continue because you will find that those on the outside who has known this man for years starts watching him leaping and praising and walking and they start asking among themselves, is not this the same guy that's been sitting every day at the same place asking for money? I just gave my last dollar bill to this dude and now he's leaping and praising? So word begins to trickle out through the town and the government finds out. And the government says, we need to put a stop to this. Sound familiar? Because if, if, if these two men keep on doing what they're doing, then our doctors will be out of a job. And if our doctors are out of a job, they can't pay taxes. And if they can't pay taxes, we are going to get broke. 
Sound familiar? So they say, let's take these two men. Let's, let's arrest them. Let's, let, let's interrogate as to what they are doing. So they bring them in and they sit before the council and the council's asking them, by what power or by what name have you done this? Isn't that amazing? Because in Peter's answer to them, he says, it was in the name of Jesus whom you crucified. So the ones asking, how did this man's life get changed are the ones who crucified Jesus. And in the question that was asked by the enemy was, by what power or by what name? Because even the enemy knows the only thing that changes a life is either power or a name. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Come on. Even the adversary knows it's power or it's a name that can move men. So Peter says it. It was no works we have done. It was in the name of Jesus whom you crucified. For neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's amazing. Oh God, I wasn't going to go here, but I am. It's amazing how we can claim to be a book of Acts church. until it gets down to actually being a book of Acts church. There was a song that came out a few years ago and when I first heard it, I was, I was a fan of it, but the more I got to hearing it, the more I got to thinking about it, and the more I saw who was singing it, the more I thought, I can't stand this song. It, 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 it went like this. I'm a Pentecostal. I am not ashamed. Y'all may have sang it Sunday, sorry. <laughs> Read the book of Acts. We are still the same. We worship only one God and Jesus is his name. Here's my problem. We are apostolic in every way. That's, that's a mouthful right there. Because some of the people I was watching singing that, I knew hated other people. Got jealous of some people who stole their spotlight. And you got the audacity to say you're Pentecostal apostolic in every way. Come out from among the word and be ye separate. Baby, that's got a lot to do more than just dress. It's your attitude, it's your character, it's your integrity. I was seeing people sing, I'm Pentecostal in every way. And I'm thinking, why is your hair short? Yeah. Yeah, come on. Oh, did I say so? <laughs> people singing that I knew had a gossiping tongue. Sometimes I think we say words without realizing what we're saying. Sometimes we sing a lie and expect people to shout on it. 
Oh, boy. (laughs) And so they arrest these men. Now, notice the difference in a real book of Acts church to a so-called book of Acts church. They arrest them. They say, we got to put a stop to this. Watch what happens. Read They beat the apostles. Yeah. They commanded that they should not speak. They, the government, commanded them. Don't speak. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And let them go. They want to shut them up speaking. Not prophecy, not not prosperity, not, not blessing, but don't talk about Jesus. Sound familiar? Talk about Buddha all we want to, no problem. Mention Muhammad all we want to, no problem. But when you talk about Jesus, oh, you offend me. Well, I'm offended by you being offended, so who's going to? See, we're, 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 we're beating the air. We're trying to figure out how are we going to have revival? How, how are we going to build a church? How are we going to? It's, I'm going to show you. It's, it's planet. It's planet. We read people's books that don't even preach what we preach, trying to figure out how to have revival when it's right in the Word of God. Uh-huh. Yeah. They were commanded not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Watch what happens. Right. And they departed from the presence of the council. They departed from the presence of the council. Rejoicing. Rejoicing. That they were counted worthy. That they were counted worthy. To suffer shame. To suffer shame. For his name. For his name. Read on. And daily in the temple. This is what a real book of Acts church does. Daily in the temple. And in every house. And in every house. They they ceased not. To teach. To teach. And preach. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Get the picture. The government said, don't do it. The book of Acts church said, I'll do it even more. Fast forward to 2020. I'll just leave it there. Daily in the temple... In every house, they kept on preaching Jesus. They kept on teaching Jesus. They did not shut up about the name. They sang the name. They taught the name. They preached the name. They shouted the name. They prayed the name. They worshiped the name. They clapped their hands over the name. They got loud over the name. They rejoiced over the name. Now watch what happens. And in those days. What days? The days they kept teaching Jesus. The days they kept preaching Jesus. The days they kept singing Jesus. In those days. When the number of disciples were multiplied. Stop. We want to know how to have revival? 
there it is. You teach Jesus. You preach Jesus. And the church won't add. The church will multiply. Because nothing moves men like the preaching and the teaching of the name of Jesus. Nothing moves men like the singing of the name of Jesus. Nothing moves men and people who understand the importance and the value of the name of Jesus. That's what moves men. Stand with me, everyone. Lift your hands. Musicians, do whatever y'all do. God, help us. God, we need a fresh love for the name. A fresh love for doctrine. A fresh love for the word. It's the only thing that moves men. It does more than shake us. It moves us. It convicts us. I would dare say that the majority, the majority of people that's come to an altar whose lives were changed while the preacher was preaching about money is not that high. But when a preacher preached about heaven, preached about hell, preached about what the name can do and what baptism can do, and how the Holy Ghost can change your life, that's what drew you. And if the Word was God, and He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, why do we want to stop preaching heaven and hell and the name and Holy Ghost? disciples were multiplied when somebody refused to shut up preaching about the name of Jesus oh what a name that lovely name of Jesus reaches higher far than the farthest star there's just something about the name of Jehovah I'm telling you, with the way this year has been, I've been praying, God, give me a greater love for your name, a greater love for your doctrine, a greater love for your word, a greater love for Holy Ghost. Brother Atkins, that stuff's not popular anymore. I could care less what man thinks. I want to get my nose back in preaching the word. I've given up a long time ago what man thinks about me. I want God's testimony of me to be greater than man's testimony of me. Man said of Job, go read it in Job 1. Man said there's none like him in the east. But God said there's none like him in the earth. I want what God says about me to be greater than what man says about me. Thank you for listening to the MPC Podcast. 
we trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.